welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, here we go. We are here now. We are finally here. And this is something that I've been looking forward to doing for a very long time. So welcome to the Voice of Fandom podcast. My name is Kingston Robinson. I'm going to be your host, your in, your entertaining provider, your your voice while you're cooking some eggs on the stove, while you may be shifting gears in a truck on a long, long trip. I'm going to be that guy for you. Uh, we are here to talk everything from sports to music to pop culture to pro wrestling to anything that I can get my hands on that I am remotely interested in. Uh, first, I just want to say, if you took the time out to listen to this, if you take the time out to jump in the chat or call in, I just want to say thank you. This is something that um, I've really had in the think tank for quite some time. And now we we are finally here. We're finally doing it. So I want to uh, first let you guys get to know a little bit about me. If you don't know about me, my name is Kingston Robinson. Some that may pop in here, some that may call in, some that may have found this channel may know me as Adrian Armour. Uh, I used to be a professional wrestler for more, mm, close to about seven years. Um, got to travel the U.S. doing something I've always wanted to do as a kid. And for me, that was something that uh, I never thought that I would get to do. You know, pro wrestler was right up there with like astronaut and firefighter and things like that of things that you say you want to be as a kid, but uh, not not every time you really think you're going to be able to get there. Um, and through luck and circumstance and all of that, I just happened to be able to luck out and actually do it. Uh, but as these these episodes continue to go on and on, I'm sure I will uh, share plenty of pro wrestling stories and things of other nature. So I'm not going to dive too deep into that. Uh, but outside of pro wrestling, I used to play football as well. I uh, played football in my younger years. I started at middle linebacker and then moved to tight end. Uh, afterwards, uh, two positions that really helped helped me be a better football player in playing both of them. Um, and then also at a young age, I played soccer. Uh, I also started karate at a very young age and did that for over a decade. Um, that also led me to do things like kickboxing and judo and, and MMA. Um, I, I really dove my hands into a lot of things. I also enjoy uh, music, music creation, music production. Uh, I play a lot of different instruments from drums to saxophone to keyboards to, you know, uh, I, I can I can not fiddle on a fiddle, but I can fiddle with a guitar for a little bit as well, um, mainly because when I was uh, producing music, my main goal was I wanted to be able to do everything on my track because I didn't want to potentially share money with anyone else. So that was that was my goal was to uh, have the opportunity to make music and just make music on me. But with that being said, uh, we're here to talk some sports. We're here to talk about what's happened this past weekend. And this past weekend, a whole lot has happened. <clears throat> Excuse me. A whole lot has happened. Uh, one, we had the NBA finals. We had uh, that guy those that call the goat now and 
I'm going to get into <clears throat> maybe why I feel differently. I take a little sip of coffee there. <clears throat> but we're going to get into why I may think differently about uh, Mr. Goat James, as they say. Uh, also, of course, now we we are steamrolling into the NFL season. I mean, we are now more than just a couple weeks in the bag. And we're starting to see the dominoes fall of what front office is on fire? Who can't handle this COVID outbreak? What in the hell is going on in Atlanta? And why in the world do the Jets keep acting like they want to win games when we all know, we all know that that is not the case. So we're going to dive into all of that on the other side of this break. We're going to take a quick break real quick. Um, just jump on Twitter, see what's going on on Twitter, and then we will be right back after.
I have one quick question for everyone. Are you a big fan of Kansas City? Are you a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan? Is 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 there times where you want to get memorabilia? Maybe you you've wanted a signed jersey, a signed football, signed helmet, and you just haven't had the chance. Maybe because 2020, you know, shut the world down. Maybe because the world's on fire. Social distancing is a thing. Well, I have the perfect solution for you. You should go to Twitter and type in at T S E Kansas City. That stands for Total Sports Enterprise. <laughs> Enterprises Kansas City. They have all the 100% authentic Kansas City Chiefs memorabilia just for you. You want to talk about jerseys, helmets, sign 8 by 10 sign photos, all those things. Yeah, they got it. Matter of fact, I got a signed Damian Wilson jersey and a signed Tyreek Hill. And to find out, I have a signed Dante Hall jersey on the way right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just went and peeked at the email, saw the tracking link. I had no idea. And it's right in there now. Not only do they have Dante Hall on the store, they also have Dwayne Bow on the store as well. So, like I said, if you're a fan of Kansas City, if you're a fan and you have been looking for that signed merchandise, that signed thing that you you really been wanting. And plus, it's almost it's almost that holiday time. So you need to find some gifts for your friends, for your friends that may be j- just ball out fans and hadn't had the chance to get signed merchandise. Go to Total Sports Enterprises Kansas City. They will help you out. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. With that being said, yo, let's let's get to what in the hell has gone on in the NFL. One, we're going to start down south, down south in the dirty motherfucking south. OK, we got to talk about the Atlanta Falcons real quick, because now it seems like uh, the Roadrunner and Coyote have ran through there, hit the TNT bomb. And now that bitch is blown the fuck up because now Dan Quinn is now officially officially gone from the Atlanta Falcons. Now, I know people that have been calling for Dan Quinn's head, I would have to say since the Super Bowl. Since the Atlanta Falcons were in the Super Bowl, they have been calling for Dan Quinn's head, and I was not prepared. I wasn't prepared to see it to see it go that fast. I mean, now, come on. The Super Bowl is already very, very hard to coach a team to get to. The Super Bowl is already one of... <laughs> The one illustrious place of the NFL where only two teams get to get there. And it's not like a round robin thing where teams just happen to get picked there. It's not like college where sometimes you can just luck out or if you just have the all superior staff, you're just guaranteed to be there all the time. The Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. So seeing Dan Quinn come in and take take the Atlanta Falcons (laughs) his first year his very first year coming in he went eight and eight in 2016 okay cool 50 50 you know most coaches now now honestly in 2020 if you come in and start coaching a team and you're not at least winning games immediately you're already on the chopping block and that's just how that goes uh but went eight and eight next year Next year, went 11 and five, first round by. 
Now, you know what that led to. 11 and 5, yeah. First round by, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then 28-3 happened. Immediately, this guy's not even all the way warm in his seat yet, and he's taking this team to the Super Bowl. But 28-3 happens, and... Well, how can this defensive coach that came from the staff that built the Legion of Boom, how how can he allow Tom Brady to come back 28-3 when this was sewed up for the A? This was, this was their time to win, and it just did not happen. <sighs> okay, well, most of the blame went to Kyle Shanahan, which later in 2020... Uh, he happens to run into some more blame by giving up another lead in the Super Bowl, but we'll get to that in a second. But after 28-3, you know, the record kind of holds on. He goes 10-6. Okay, Dan Quinn, 10-6. That's cool. Uh, Then 7-9, then 7-9 again. And now he's 0-5 and, and out of the damn building. And <clears throat> I, I know... Trust me, <clears throat> living in Atlanta for over 10 years, <clears throat> I know some diehard ATL Falcons fans. I know the we stand by the dirty bird as much as we can. But <laughs> I have seen a lot, a lot of them jump ship. And they've been waiting. If Dan Quinn ain't gone, I'm gone. And I guess enough of them got together. Maybe put a little protest and rally themselves and got him the fuck out because he knew the moment they lost that game, he held up the peace sign as he was walking off the field. He knew he was out of there. He knew. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure every player on the bench knew because if you remember last year when they had the off and on scares of, oh, this may be Dan Quinn's last week. This may be Dan Quinn's last game. The players started rallying to play harder for Dan Quinn, to keep Dan Quinn in the position to stay head coach. Now you saw the total opposite of that in this past season where after week two, it became, look, fuck it. Like Matt Ryan looks like a bum and I've, I've never, ever been a fan of Matt Ryan. And this is why. Matt Ryan seems to think he is a better quarterback than what he produces. And since he has that mentality, which is a great mentality to have as a professional athlete, I'm not knocking him for doing that. But when you have that mentality, you have to also actually produce. Another reason why I'm not high on Carson Wentz from the Philadelphia Eagles, because when you have that mindset, it, it makes you do things that are uncharacteristic of yourself. Um, say, for instance, if I am Matt Ryan and I am in Matt Ryan's body and I try to do things that, say, Lamar Jackson does, it's not going to lead to a very productive thing. Matt Ryan seems to think he is a completely different quarterback. And even though he has done his best to put the Falcons on his back, he always does his best to throw the Falcons in the trash because he will do these Captain Savaho 
two minute drives to try to capitalize when they're down by 37 points after they had a 48 point lead or things of that nature. And he will rush and hurry down the field and catch the defense on their heels. And uh, maybe the defense was stuck in man and he found, you know, some ways to split. Then they split in the zone and they start handing out the ball, all these things. And all of a sudden, guess what? Matt Ryan drops back. I'm rushed. I'm rushed. Pick six. And it's like, what what did you do all of this for? Why is your name Matty Ice? (laughs) Because obviously this global warming thing has gotten to you because I hadn't seen nothing ice cold about (laughs) Matt Ryan since, uh, fuck. I, I can't even tell you. Like I said, I've never been a fan. But I don't think Matt Ryan is entirely the problem. I think Matt Ryan is serviceable. Matt Ryan, to me, is um, there's a new version of Matt Ryan right now, and that's Jared Goff, but we'll get to that later. So the Falcons, what do you do? You know, you fired your GM, you fired your head coach. What do you do from here? You have an interim, uh, you know, head coach that's going to come in. You know, very similar to what every other organization does. But who who are you going to go after? Are you going to follow the newest trend now where it's go and find the new hot shot uh, in the in college or, you know, maybe bring a NFL Hall of Fame alum that may want to coach? You know, what 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 is your plan? Because honestly, I am getting quite, quite annoyed as much as I don't want to see him go, I'm getting quite annoyed that Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, has not gotten the proper services of being a head coach yet. You got to think, within one year of the past few offensive coordinators uh, that's been under Andy Reid are now head coaches. Doug Peterson, head coach. Matt Nagy, head coach. What did Doug P do? He went to the Super Bowl with his backup quarterback and beat Tom Brady. <laughs> like, you're you're not going to be able to tell me there hasn't been success. What did Matt Nagy do? He turned Mitch Trubisky into a slightly better bum until his bumminess became so bum that there wasn't anything that he could do. And they're trying to hold on to him and say, you know, Mitch is our guy and blah, blah, blah. But as you see, that is now being pulled away because Nick Foles, which is odd. This is an odd thing because Mitch Trubisky didn't lose a game this season. (laughs) Mitch Trubisky got benched as a undefeated quarterback. But there is just there has to be something that they have lost faith in. That made them realize we we got to go with Foles. Now, was the first week with Foles that great? No. Did you expect it to be? Oh, just because he came in halfway through the game when Mitch got taken out and they won that game? You think? Of course. When Foles can rent the car, he's going to drive that bitch to first place. When he can rent the car, he can drive that bitch to first place. But when you tell him, hey, here is the tag. Here is the, you know, the ownership. Here's the keys. This car is yours. Well, you're going to put that bitch in cruise control and get there in like seventh. 
Because that's just Nick Foles. <clears throat> there are quarterbacks out there that are just meant to be backup quarterbacks. Now, he's paid starting quarterback money. Oh, boy. The news is breaking that Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Haskins is on the trading block. Boy, oh, boy. The Washington football team is getting Mr. Dwayne Haskins the fuck out of there. But we'll talk about that in a second. I already already had a giant feeling that that was going to happen. But Atlanta Falcons, I don't know what you do. I don't know what your plan is. I don't know if this is going to be a start of an entire rebuild. But you have to think, do you really want to blow up that team? At least offensively, you have Calvin Ridley, Todd Gurley, some offensive linemen that you drafted in the first round that I believe you whiffed on because they obviously haven't made any difference. And then, of course, the big dog, Julio Jones. Yeah, riddled with injury right now, but also how motivated are you to come back from injury with what's going on right now? Defensive side of the ball, you have studs, but for the, at least for the past three years, every year, you have at least four of them out. So what what do you do, Atlanta Falcons? I don't I don't understand what the mentality is there. And maybe it deserves a culture change. Maybe you need a coach that's going to come in there and get everybody off their ass because I think the past two years, Dan Quinn has done so much to maybe become beloved to save his position. It just ain't it ain't hitting them in the mouth like it did in 2016. You know what I'm saying? But let's go to another organization that seems to be blowing the fuck up. The Houston Texans. <sighs> Boy. All right. Bill O'Brien is probably the best walking shit show around ever. And I know every Texans fan will agree with me. Because since Bill O'Brien uh, got into the Texans organization, I... I've just been baffled by every uh, move, every uh, thing that comes out as far as the treatment or communication with players. And now, now since I started uh, the actual footsteps of making this podcast and making connections with people that know a little bit more than what I did a few months ago about what goes on um, before things hit ESPN and sports center and things of that nature, or things that don't hit there at all. I'm a little more linked in to how things, you know, happen to go on from time to time. And I am very baffled by some of the things that I hear about Bill O'Brien. So Bill O'Brien comes in 2014. Okay. Nine and seven, just missed the playoffs. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. 2015, nine and seven. Make it to the wild card. Guess who he sees? The Kansas City Chiefs. Guess what happens there? <laughs> they get blown out 30 to zero. All right, you know, KC doesn't do that a lot in the playoffs. So, eh, stumbled. Shit happens. 2016, nine and seven again. All right, now we're seeing a pattern. 
we're not quite a double digit win team, but we are doing better than what happened before. All right. Beat the Raiders in the wild card, but lost to the Patriots, which usually if you lose to the eventual Super Bowl champs, no one really knocks you off as you're not a good team. You know, everyone always ends up saying that um, in your next season, you know, week one, you always hear, oh, well, now here's the Houston Texans. Last time we saw them, they got knocked off by who eventually would go and win the Super Bowl and the New England Patriots. You know, they try to cushion that blow to make it make it seem that, no, you're not a bum team. You were in the playoffs. You just happened to play the champ. Cool. Then 2017, fucking roller coaster. That's when things went off the rails because, well, not because of this, but Watson got drafted. Watson played very well. Then Torres ACL and Plactic, which I remember standing at work watching the, uh, you know, ticker on the NFL network go by. And it said, Deshaun Watson tore ACL in practice. And I was baffled because I was like, bro, what the hell are you doing in practice? Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. What, what are you doing in practice that makes you tear your ACL days before the game? But Hey, that, that is also one of those things where something happens and the blame gets shifted, you know, like. No one's going to say you're a terrible head coach because you're a first-round quarterback that showed so much promise towards ACL, and that's why you guys went 4-12. and That's understandable. (laughs) What what are you going to do? 2018, 11-5. Now we're getting... Now we're getting somewhere for Bill O'Brien to show that, like, he, he, okay, he's flexing a little bit. He's going a little bit right now. But with that, with that comes so much. So when that happens, Bill O'Brien receives a four-year extension as the head coach. Now, I believe this was the time where you turned a guy that was all right for your organization that was working for the organization. That's when you turned a crazy meter on. <laughs> that's when I think that this happened. And the reason why I say that is because right after that, right after that goes into the 2019 season where we saw Bill O'Brien take every damn position in the front office as possible. He was head coach GM player liaison uh probably the fucking president um uh, i don't know maybe the strength and conditioning coach Uh, we saw him calling plays and it it was it was a shit show and this is the problem when you try to put too many hats on at the same time when something goes wrong you have nowhere to divert the energy to you know, if if the offensive play scheme is off, you can't say, oh, I'm just the GM. I didn't I, I didn't have anything to do with this. No, 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 no. We saw you calling plays, too. Or you can't say, 
oh, you know, the front office is on fire, but I'm just the offensive coordinator. So, bro, I'm just here to scheme up and, and you know, get the plays in, into the helmet. No, no, no. You the GM too. So in 2019, you go 10-6. and six. You beat the Bills in a playoff game, which <laughs> that was the game uh, to, to my knowledge. That was the game where Josh Josh Allen really showed his immaturity with the football. Um, you know, he had a chance to drive down the field and turn the tide of the game and just happened to flick and fumble the ball fucking everywhere. And that gracefully helped the Houston Texans in advancing into the next round. Now, the problem with advancing to the next round is that they ran into the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you're listening to this podcast, you already know what happened with that. They went up 24-0 due to a few mistakes and capitalizations from the Houston Texans. And then after going up 24-0, they gave up the entire lead and then lost by 20. Now, I'm... I'm no football headmaster, genius, anything like that. Far from it, actually. But you mean to tell me that you control the whole damn franchise? You mean to tell me that you are head coach, GM, OC, DC, damn, you could, it might as well be called the Houston Bill O'Briens. And you take your team to the playoffs. And you cannot corral them at any time from when they're 24 up, 10 up, 7 up, down 10, or down 20. You you could not make any difference at all. Cool. I don't think you should be there. But that wasn't on me to decide. And plus... If you don't know, I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, so I'm glad. I am, trust me, I'm elated that that happened because it made our Super Bowl run uh, quite legendary. Granted, I was sweating my whole dick off during that time because being down 24-0, if you're a real Kansas City Chiefs fan, you were fucking terrified because we have been through so many of those kind of things happening. But, you know, the tide turned. Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes. And that led to that. Now, I think the the death shot, if you were naive, if you could not uh, really see who Bill O'Brien really was, this, this was the time for you to do it. And if you didn't get it right then, you deserved everything that happened afterwards. When Bill O'Brien shopped off DeAndre Hopkins for a pack of annihilators and some Skittles, that's when everyone should have known this guy needs to get the fuck out right now. And he didn't. He didn't then. The fact that DeAndre Hopkins is one of the most uh, elite and also... Low, like you don't, you don't ever hear drama about DeAndre Hopkins. You don't ever hear 
about him fighting with a teammate or him yelling at a coach or him like you don't you don't hear anything like that about DeAndre Hopkins. He gives a touchdown ball to his mother that is blind every time. Come on. He negotiates his deal because he's a very intelligent man. Richard Sherman does the same thing. And since Bill O'Brien is a player liaison, he also (laughs) is in the negotiation of those deals. Which is why he created so much tension between Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins. Not because he was the GM and they weren't willing to pay him, but also he was the GM and part of the player negotiation for that contract, which most, most GMs are not. Well, scratch that. Most head coaches aren't, but when you're head coach, GM and player liaison, it, it all blends together to one position that should not exist unless you are mentally capable of doing so, which we have learned Bill O'Brien is not. But once DeAndre Hopkins was gone. You should have known. This is an issue. And he went to the Arizona Cardinals. We'll we'll get to that when we go to uh, the game by games. But with that being said, we've talked Houston Texans, we've talked Atlanta Falcons, but who's next? Is anybody else going to get chopped in this season? I mean, you have Adam Gase and the Jets, who are c- clearly not trying to win anything anytime soon. I mean, you have Joe Flacco in right now because Sam Darnold's hurt. Le'Veon Bell, for some reason, is still playing football. I don't understand why. Not calling him a bad football player, but he did all this bitching, whining, and moaning about not getting paid in Pittsburgh, left, went to the Jets for less money. Then uh, just kind of lackadaisical was Le'Veon Bell. And then like, we, we just really haven't seen the same Lev Bell. We just haven't. So I'm like, you know, your team is losing. We all know the Jets do not plan to win football games. But you were all about conserving your body for the right amount of dollars. I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But the Jets, they're not doing anything. Matt Patricia, boy. Whatever the fuck you think you're doing with the Detroit Lions, it's not it. It's not. And it it pisses me off because I really enjoy Matt Stafford as a quarterback. And I, I really, really wish that Matt Stafford was anywhere else. Anywhere else besides being under Matt Patricia right now. I... I, I, I just hate it. It makes me so upset. But that's that. And then also, you have Mike McCarthy for the Cowboys. Now, Mike McCarthy may be getting saved. And it's very unfortunate the way he may be getting saved. But Mike McCarthy may be getting saved because of the injury due to Dak Prescott. And we're not going to jump into that just yet. But I do want to say. Thoughts and prayers of Dak Prescott. I think it's absolutely absurd the people on the internet and the people on Twitter that uh, almost degrade player injury 
they're like, these people make millions of dollars in a, a second and a minute and this or that. Like, I'm not going to feel bad when they get hurt. That okay, you're a heartless human being. Then. Like you're no cap. If you ever, if you ever hear this show, if you ever hear this segment of audio, you're a piece of shit. Because if you are willing to take the time to watch these players play, and then when they get hurt, go on the internet and act like the the time you're literally spending watching them play isn't shit. You're a piece of shit. That's that's all I have to say about that. Uh, but Mike McCarthy is more than likely going to get saved by the injury to Dak Prescott because what are they going to have to do? They're going to have to lean on Andy Dalton. Uh, Andy Dalton, longtime Cincinnati Bengal. He's going to be the starting quarterback. Dak Prescott uh, got out of the hospital yesterday, um, but he's going to be out for four to six months. He is going to have to endure, you know, rehab and getting the confidence back and getting back to, you know, when it's a foot injury in a foot dominant sport, there is a lot to do to get not just the physical back on track, but mainly the mental. Because you have to remember, you have to drop back and lean on that foot. You have to break out and scramble on that foot. You have to avoid people from doing exactly what happened again with that foot. That's a big deal. Talk to Alex Smith about it, who I'll also get to in a second because AS11 is my guy. But what I'm going to do right now, um, anybody that is on here live, anybody that is in the chat, Go ahead and throw up anything that you want to talk about in the chat. Go ahead and mention or comment anything about what I've talked about so far, because I'm going to be real. All I've talked about is the Falcons and the Houston Texans organizations being on fucking fire at the moment. And uh, (laughs) if that isn't already obvious news, then you're not watching football. But I'm about to get to uh, just talk about the games that have happened uh, over the weekend, I'm unfortunately I'm not going to talk college football. Um, it was my anniversary weekend, and I just did not have the time to watch all of the games that happened. I I can't even talk to you about two games that happened. <laughs> but um, I will. Matter of fact, oh okay, okay, we got a nice little category right here. Shout out my dude Cody. AKA Broken Paul, AKA the CEO. He got a lot of names. We're not even going to get into all that, but that's my guy right there. Um, Let's do a little MLB talk. We'll take a break from football and then we'll come back and talk about the games. But we'll, we'll talk a little MLB right now. And the one thing that I, I have been following is my Atlanta Braves. That's probably the one team from Atlanta that I claim. Uh, My dad used to take me to Braves games all the time. My dad is actually born and raised in Atlanta. So Braves games are very big to him. Um, And then once, of course, he got into like the corporate life and they started just giving him Braves tickets and things like that. It it, it felt like that was part of our weekly affair was, oh, yeah, you know, Fridays we do this and that. Saturdays we do this and that. Sundays, you know, we go and we'll hit church and this and that. And then quick change and we go straight to the Braves game all the time 
Braves right now are giving Georgia the hope <laughs> that the Falcons wish they could. Right now, the Braves are saving. They're saving Atlanta from the Falcons. And I think it's absolutely beautiful because the Falcons has created this uh, mystique over Atlanta that all Atlanta sports fall apart in the way that the Falcons do. They put that mystique over the Hawks. They put that mystique over the Braves. They put that mystique over... I mean, the Thrashers aren't there anymore, but I guess you could say that because they're fucking dead. So <laughs> that's that's what they have. But it, it, it's created that much. I mean, shit, even the Georgia Bulldogs get ridiculed when they give up like a fucking eight point lead or something like that. And it's shitty because they're from Georgia. Like it, the Falcons did that. But the Braves are finally giving hope to Atlanta because so far. They have not been in a situation where they've had to come back. So far, the Braves have done what they had to do and either kept the game very close or made sure they were in the lead and locked it down for the entire amount of the game. And I can respect that so much because, damn it, I don't know how much money and how many drunk nights I have had around those damn Atlanta Braves for them not to finally succeed, especially with that beautiful ass SunTrust Stadium. That place is now like, it might as well be like a little Southern, Southern uh, Bourbon Street or some shit now. But I digress. The Atlanta Braves are doing it. Now, you know, we'll see how this series goes. But I'm going to be honest with you, that's going to be the extent of my MLB talk because <laughs> I have only been following the Braves. Yeah, that's that's it. So I am going to take a break. Just a just another little music break. Come back with a an ad read for you. And then uh we will talk these past few football games that's happened. We will dive into what the hell Tom Brady was thinking and why the hell that he just lost track of downs and I I don't know. Uh, why in the world, why in the world the Jets think that they can fool people to believe that they're actually winning games? We all know that they don't give a fuck about winning games. So I don't, I don't even know why that's there. Um, and then we'll also talk about Teddy Two Gloves in Carolina and how he, uh, seems to make it seem like the offense runs better without Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Who fucking knows? But Anyways, we'll see you on the other side of this break. You know who it is. It's Kingston Robinson. This is the Voice of Fandom Podcast. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up in the live chat, and we will talk anything that you're ready to talk about. Bring up your teams. Rep your squad, and we'll talk about your squad head-to-head, whether if you're in the chat, whether if you're on Twitter. Just throw your team name in there, and we will talk about your team because I guarantee you I probably don't have good opinions about your team. And I don't know if you're ready to hear them on the other side of this break. I'll catch you guys.
Hey, y'all like this beat? <laughs> oh, shit. I don't even know what that is. Dramatic hip hop trap. Whew. Who's naming these things? I can't wait to uh, get my own tracks on here so I don't have to deal with that because, uh, boy, these tracks right here is something hilarious. Anyways, welcome back to the Voice of Fandom podcast. It's your boy. It's your host. It's that guy that's just going to sit here and talk shit for a minute. Kingston Robinson and I'm about to uh I'm about to talk about everybody and what I mean by everybody I mean every every fucking body that is a fan of a football team because you know what's crazy I'm even gonna talk shit about my own squad and if you don't know who my squad is by now you you slipping I don't even know how the hell that happened but 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 but, but, but we're gonna get to that in a second we're gonna get to that now the first team I got to talk about, and it's only because it's only because their fandom has been so loud to me lately, is the Pit- Pittsburgh Steelers. I got to do it. I really have them f- farther down my card, but I got to talk about them for a second. So the Steelers played the Eagles this week, which to me, once again, is another phony team for the Pittsburgh Steelers. To, to me, they, like, come come on. The Steelers fandom have been uh, whew, very loud. And I think it's mainly because, you know, they went through a rough season last, last year with, uh, you know, you had a quarterback named after an animal in Duck Hodges. Um, and you had to deal with Duck and then, you had uh, Mason Rudolph, who happened to get fucking bullied and assassinated by getting hit on top of the head with with a fucking with his own helmet. What kind of Mortal Kombat assassination was that shit? Matter of fact, that was the most 2020 thing that we saw before 2020 happened. Because if that were to happen this year, we'd have been like, well, you know what? It's fucking 2020. Ain't nothing surprising us now. You get hit in the head with your motherfucking helmet. Yeah, you know, shit happens. But, yo. So, Pittsburgh, I get it. Ben Roethlisberger comes back. He says in the offseason that, you know, he's he's done a lot to become a better quarterback and a better man for himself, his teammates, his family. You see James Conner come back healthy. You see... uh you see Juju saying that he's coming into his own and ready to be a real number one and all these things. That's great. I, I feel so good for Steelers fans. Some of my best friends are Pittsburgh Steelers fans. But the one thing y'all are not going to do right now is talk about how y'all are the shit of the AFC again. The one thing y'all are not going to do is tell me how y'all going to run the trap on the AFC <laughs> like you're not going to do it and this this is why Pittsburgh Steelers right now are undefeated that's great let me tell you who they have beaten the New York football giants mm, all right the Denver Broncos what are they on there like sixth string quarterback all right cool the Houston Texans well, if I haven't talked about the Texans enough, you already know the shit show that they're in. And then this weekend, the Philadelphia Eagles. 
You are not going to tell me that the Pittsburgh Steelers are real. You are not going to tell me that their defense is so dominant when you're playing teams like the Daniel Jones-led Giants where their offensive line is made out of paper mache. The Denver, what the fuck is going on here, Broncos. The Houston Texans, who just blew up their front office because one dude had 87 jobs in the front office and did not a single one right. See, that was that was fucking Houston blowing up right there. And then the Philadelphia Eagles where, you know, they have the saying where when you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. And right now, Philly don't have any. Because Carson Wentz, I don't know what the hell he's doing. And Jalen Hurts, every time he gets into the game, he fumbles the ball. Or he is used as a decoy. And and what was funny is when he got drafted, there was murmurs of, oh, he's going to be used as like a, a Taysom Hill utility player. Well, he's nowhere even close to the size of Taysom Hill. So you're not going to be able to use him on special teams and as a run blocker and as a punt blocker and uh, you're not going to be able to use him like Taysom Hill so when that started coming out I just immediately dismissed it I was like "Ah." I think people are just saying things because now they have two first round quarterbacks and it makes entirely no sense but you're bro you're not going to tell me that the Pittsburgh Steelers are real now Claypool, it it okay. It's cool. It's cool when you when you have a NFL football day where you have seven touches, hundred and ten yards, and four touchdowns. You are that dude for the day. That is a motherfucking fact, especially as a rookie. But come on, you're gonna tell me that uh, Philly's defense is real too? Nah, bro. I'm sorry. This is how bad. The Eagles team is. They had a chance after Carson Wentz threw a nice dot that they were about to go into halftime. And they had a chance to hurry on the ball, down it, clock it, get the field goal team on, and kick a field goal before the half was over. But the wide receiver was so... encapsulated in the moment he was too busy celebrating and lost the time and guess what no field goal that's just bad situational awareness you know what that comes from it comes from bad coaching you know what that comes from a bad team hey pittsburgh steelers you have only faced bad teams and if it isn't that obvious the only team that you <laughs> have played that has a win <clears throat> is the Philadelphia Eagles, and they have a win and a tie. No one else that you have played has a win at all. So the for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans that have been in my grill, <clears throat> the Pittsburgh Steelers fans that have told me, oh, uh, Kansas City fans are getting a little loud. You guys are a little full of yourself since you want to ring. I'm going to need you to pipe down a bit because, you know, 
facing five teams with the combined wins of one and a tie. I'm going to need y'all to pipe down a little bit. And then looking at us, like you don't have a whole division to worry about because the Browns ain't the same Browns and the Ravens still going to be in the mix. So I'm going to need y'all to look at the AFC North and really, really think about it real quick. Because if Baker Mayfield come and sneak y'all real quick, I don't, I'm not going to have shit to say, but I'm going to plug the podcast. You already know what it is. It's the voice of fandom on Podbean. And oh, let me also let y'all know, exclusive audio playback will be on the KCPN. That is the Kansas City Podcast Network. But come on. Come on. Oh, I know. I know it's still still it's still still a still a nation. Oh, trust me, I know. But for for the ones that have uh <laughs> think that the Chiefs just for some reason don't ex- deserve to gloat for quite a moment. Oh, trust me, we'll get to that part of the podcast later. But but with that being said, let's get back on track. We'll speed past the games that no one really gave a fuck about first. First, let's talk about Mr. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Mr. Nick Foles and the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I called them the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because, you know, that's where they at now. They they at Tampa Bay, right? So Mitch Trubisky is still benched after going undefeated, which honestly makes no sense. So obviously they just they just lost faith faith in the kid. They don't care what he's done or how he's won games. They just don't want him to start, which, hey, that's on them. But that also sends the clear message that as much as they try to talk and defend on, oh, Mitch is our guy. Mitch is our starting quarterback. Mitch is going to be that dude. He's not. Or, or, or you would have never signed Nick Foles with that contract in the first place. It just never would have happened. But you did. And this is where we are. Nick Foles is your starting quarterback. <laughs> and Mr. Trubisky is sitting on the bench. So Nick Foles looked ugly as shit early. Uh, overthrown screen passes. Uh, underthrown flat passes, uh, having wide open corner routes, you know, missed targets, all of that. And like I said earlier, if you allow Nick Foles to rent the car, he's going to get you in first motherfucking place. He just is. But, but if you tell Nick Foles, this is your car, this is your whip, whip this bitch wherever you want. That motherfucker going to be late. He going to show up, may have a dent in the motherfucking car. That's going to be him. But it's cool because sometimes he gets the job done. And that's what happened tonight. And also, well, not tonight, but on that night. And also, you got to remember, <laughs> this, this whole Tampa Bay offensive system is not working yet. Everybody has eyes on it because of the the names. 
Tom Brady, Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, Shady McCoy, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. That's cool, but half them motherfuckers got snapped by Thanos, so they ain't even there right now. And that, <laughs> it's shitty, but that's what that's what it is. And with no offseason, no OTAs, no preseason, you didn't even have a chance to jail yet before really getting the season started. And with injuries and that, this offense hasn't really been together much at all. So, yeah, it looks good on paper, but it, it ain't hitting. It ain't it. And it's really shitty to say that, but Tom Brady should have seen this coming. Like, bro, Mike Evans gets hurt a lot. Bro, why did you bring Gronk out of retirement when he literally left with a broken body? You literally think one time, one one year, one, one little, and then he went to wrestling? Like, I know he didn't wrestle a match, but you you know for a fact it was going that way. So he was training and working on wrestling, and then you're like, man, get your bitch ass out of that ring. And come back to the football field because I said so. Tom Brady sent this man to another team. And then has thrown him like three passes this entire time. And Gronk has been awesome. Oh, you know, if I'm just here to block, I'm cool with that. Yeah, Pickers Nick, I saw you call you caught a 12-yard corner pass, got hit by two people, and you limped off the field. I already know what Gronk's gonna be about this year. So I'm not shocked when I know it's going to be one of his lowest years in receiving and the fact that he may be out for at least three to four games sometime in this season. It, it, it just won't surprise me. Not only was their offense not clicking. Now, Tom Brady did make some things happen. Tom Brady's going to be Tom Brady. And then, of course, Nick Foles finally got on track and started making some things going. Both QBs got sacked three times, <laughs> which is, that is what it is. Both QBRs were straight garbage. None were, I don't think either of them were over 50. Nick Foles threw a pick that was not even really on him. Uh, it was bobbled and then kicked up. Like, it, it was one of those Madden picks. Where it's like, oh, it hits him right in the chest, but his foot, for some reason, is in the fucking way, and the foot tips it up. Somebody's going to make a play on that ball. It's just going to happen. That we're really wasn't on Nick Foles, but it was during the time Nick Foles was missing shit. So, of course, the announce team was like, damn, well, Nick Foles is just a bum ass. You know, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky should be, bring his ass back out here. And I'm like, yo, chill out. It ain't even that big. But that's that. But... I'm a, even third down was shitty. Third down for both teams. Tampa Bay was four for 14. Chicago was three for 10. <sighs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just a shitty game all the way around. Uh, Tom Brady was pissed. That's what everybody was making a big deal about. He was like throwing a tablet, cussing out his team. And everybody was like, oh, my God, if any other person acted like this, they would make it. But because it's Tom Brady, it's it's fine. You want to know why Tom was pissed? It wasn't because they were losing. It wasn't because uh, drop passes or anything like that. It was because even with all of the mistakes, even with everything that 
the misses or the miscues, the injuries that were happening with Tampa Bay, Tom Brady was still making things happen. And then as he was making things happen, undisciplined football crippled him in just making it happen. Tom Brady was making drive after drive after drive, forcing them in situations in the the Bears defense in situations where uh, they were looking a little exposed. You know, Tom Brady, if you put that defense into a zone, he's going to find a soft spot. He's going to slice you up. That's just how he is. He's seen probably every variations of of a coverage out there. If you give him time in the pocket, he's going to drop back and slice you up. But what really, what really crippled him was undisciplined football by the Buccaneers. Bruce Arians has always been said to be a player's coach. And a lot of times with players, coaches, you find your players a little more laxed. And what happens with that? You create penalties. You you end up jumping offside. You end up getting neutral zone infractions. You end up holding onto a face mask. You end up grabbing a jersey a little longer than you have. Undisciplined football completely destroyed two drives for Tom Brady. And you know what two drives would have done? Two drives would have won that game. Two drives would have made sure that Tom Brady was never in that situation where he forgot for some odd reason that he threw on fourth down. That's what undisciplined football did. And until Tampa Bay can clean up the undisciplined football, the jumping offsides, the hands to the face, things of that nature, Tom Brady is always going to be an angry fit. Oh, you already know. Big Dick Nick is is that guy. He is that guy. (laughs) Trust me, I I am a giant Nick Foles fan now. Was he was he great during the time uh, he was on the field? No, but he somehow makes makes things work. And one, I will say, teams rally behind Nick Foles almost every time he's on the field. You saw it with the Eagles when Nick Foles would take over for Carson Wentz. The entire team, offensive and defensively, would play better. And the same thing happened with the Bears. Is it because he's a great teammate? He's a good guy? You know, whatever it may be? Possibly. But also, it's probably because they have faith in the fact that he's not going to just coast and chill and, you know, do do what's being called and that kind of thing that most backup quarterbacks would do. Or try too hard that most backup quarterbacks would do and forcing things in the wrong way. So Nick Foles, he's smart. He's experienced. And boy, I don't know what it is, but he just happens to be that Excalibur that cuts up Brady because every time Brady just, every time Brady looks across the field at Nick Foles, it's like, man, probably about to get my heart broken tonight. But really Tom Brady was pissed off because his teammates just didn't know how to stay on the other fucking side of the field. It's so shitty. But, yeah, Tom Brady deserved to be pissed. Tom Brady deserved to yell at his teammates. That was not a thing where it was like, oh, spoiled brat is now out of the New England system. 
you know, he, he's not winning, so he's not getting his way. No, his teammates just couldn't play disciplined football. And that's what led him to being as angry as he was. So with that, we're going to move to the Los Angeles Rams versus the Washington football team. Now, there is not too much to take away from this game. Because for the Rams, you're supposed to win these games. This this is not a game where uh, it's supposed to be a super analytical breakdown. Um, this isn't anything where some something magical. One magical thing happened, but you're LA. You're supposed to win this game. I'm not supposed to congratulate you for brushing your teeth. This is a game you should win. Now the Washington defense has been giving people fits. And, I mean, come on, a team gathers so many first-rounders on defense, they're going to start getting good. Ask, ask Cleveland. I mean, it took them, like, fucking 50 years, but well, that, that, that's that. But, yeah, Jared Goff, come on. Like I said, 2020 Matt Ryan, when you, when you have the right offensive scheme and you have the right weapons, Jared Goff is going to put it where he is. And it's like somebody went into a lab and took Matt Ryan and was like, we have to make him better. We have to make him stronger. We have to make him faster. And they fucking popped out Jared Goff. And that's just where that is. <laughs> and I, I can even tell you this. If Matt Ryan was in the system with the Rams, he, he would look like that quote-unquote Matty Ice, the, whoever that guy is, because I don't know who the fuck he is, but... He would probably look like that guy. But instead, you know, he's in Atlanta where they're just fucking burning down. But like I said, LA, you should win this game. But this game was really about the comeback of Alex Smith. I mean, come on. It's AS11. It's that dude. And you know, as a Chiefs fan, <laughs> that's the only thing I care about in this game. Trust me. I, I was and oh, it made me so mad because... It was a one o'clock game as well, and I was watching the Chiefs. And usually, uh, we have been kind of uh, on this weird roller coaster of 2020, but it, it's allowed the Chiefs to play almost prime time almost every week. Um, so, got kind of spoiled with that in the fact that I didn't have to go and like look for a way to watch the game because I'm outside of KC's market and like all that kind of stuff and. So I finally get the game, get the KC game on my television and I'm watching that. And then all of a sudden I get notifications on my phone talking about Alex Smith's about to walk on the field. And the reason why I wasn't even looking at my phone was because usually when the Chiefs are playing, I, you know, just go to Twitter during commercial breaks, but I typically don't watch it. I typically just watch what's happening. Um, and then after that, I go in, you know, look at all the other games, take notes, all that kind of stuff then. But when we're playing, I focus on just us. If we don't play during the one o'clock hour, I have like 35 different, uh, feeds of games going on. But when our game is on, I just pay attention to them. But when I see Alex Smith is walking on the field, I'm like, holy shit, what's going on? Because if you don't know, Dwayne Haskins got demoted to QB three. Kyle Allen got moved to starter and Alex Smith got moved to second. 
and I have the mail delivery slamming every single mailbox. See, this is this is the things that happen when you record. <laughs> but um, it was a beautiful thing to see um, and also terrifying thing to see in Alex Smith getting back on the field. Because, you know, every time somebody comes back from an injury, minor injuries, you always wince their first couple snaps. Um, you know, whether if it's a shoulder injury, hand injury, whatever, like you always, you know, if it's a receiver, you wince once they catch the ball, you're like, mm, shit, you know, what's going to happen? You always have that thing going on. With Alex, I was like sweating. Because you got to think, if, if you haven't watched the uh, E60 documentary on Alex Smith and the injury and what he all went to, I absolutely, absolutely suggest that you go and do that. Because <laughs> that was one of the, like, me and my wife sat down and watched it, and it was one of the most emotional like I don't, I don't think i've ever felt that way about an athlete in its injury especially after he's <sighs> thanks truck and i don't even know what you're moving but i hope it's something important <laughs> but uh i haven't seen anything um i haven't seen an athlete that i've connected to that much especially after they've moved on from our team that i'm like man damn like I, I was that that documentary really put me back. So I would definitely suggest watch that E60 documentary about Alex Smith. If you haven't, um, it is a very, very good uh, insight and also will make him being back on the field just flip and mean a whole lot more uh, to you once you see it. But one thing that really made me happy about seeing him on the field was not just him throwing the ball and not just him, you know, moving around the pocket or anything like that, because I've followed and watched his videos since his rehab of him, you know, experimenting and testing and all of that uh, with football techniques and strategies. But seeing Aaron Donald, which that was my second thought the second that he walked on the field, I was like, oh, my God, Alex Smith is about to play football. Fuck yeah. AS 11. And I was like, shit, he's looking at Aaron Donald right in his motherfucking face right now. And I was like, well. This is about to get interesting. Um, but what was really, really dope about that is when Aaron Donald looked right into the camera and he was like, that motherfucker's leg is strong. That that was a really dope moment because, granted, it has now been announced that Kyle Allen is going to start against the Giants. I, I am so upset in that decision because you got to think, Alex Smith against the New York Giants, he, he could go off. You know, being able to get reps with the ones and, you know, work all week, get some game planning done like Alex Smith could put on a show. Granted, I think just him walking on the field seals him for comeback player of the year. I mean, maybe sec. No, I don't think there's anybody that is uh, in, in, in that realm. I mean, at first I was thinking, OK, Big Ben probably is going to take it because I just assumed. Alex wouldn't really touch the field, but no, like there, there is no, to me, there is no other person that deserves that more. Um, but with Rams, Washington, Hey, Aaron Donald's still that dude. Um, even though Washington kind of kept it closed for a little while, they kept it a 10 point game for a little while. It was ball control, game control. Like, uh, like I said, the Rams should win that game. They, they did win that game. 
Um, I do know this. Maybe the reason why Alex Smith is not playing against the Giants is because he got sacked fucking six times. You would think that once Alex Smith comes on the field, the O-line would get like a, a morale boost or something like that. I know this isn't Madden, but damn. I knew if I played offensive line, which I never did when I played football, but if I played offensive line and I saw that Alex Smith, the guy that I've watched this documentary on, that I've played with, that I that is my teammate. <laughs> He's coming on the field for the first time. I am blocking my ass off for him. I'm doing whatever I can to make sure Alex Smith does not even get touched. Nah, sack six times. Fuck it. Aaron Donald's on the other side of the field. There's nothing I can do about it. Heard. That's that's basically what I saw. I, I don't know. And and the lead was kept minimal enough to where you could have seen the classic fourth quarter Alex Smith come out. But just didn't happen. Line never gave him enough time. He's not going to sprint out and do those sideline straight runs like he used to. Um, he's going to be very smart about what's going on. And I, I mean, any athlete post-injury is going to do that. To move on, I'm going to glance past this because I think I've given the Falcons more airtime than most of their fans will. But the Atlanta Falcons versus Teddy Two Gloves in uh, Carolina. Now, the one reason why I wanted to talk about this is because, one, I think Mike Davis, or as I'm going to call Big Lil Mike, <laughs> just makes that Russian attack incredible. I, I mean, trust me, Run CMC is that dude. I think Christian McCaffrey is one of the best running backs right now today. But, you know, the NFL is a what-can-you-do-for-me-now type league. That's, that's how their fandom works as well. You could have put up 50 points one week and we are all about you. And then the next week, if you drop 17 and lose 17-20, for some reason, you're a shitty team. Trust me. Ask the Chiefs fans. Because that's how they feel about the Kansas City Chiefs. But we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I gave Atlanta a lot of airtime. I I think that's a, a little of the slight home sympathy from me um plus you know my my dad is a falcons fan some of my you know good friends are falcons fans i've i felt like since i'm probably never gonna give them <laughs> any more airtime after these couple statements this, this is the best that i got and matter of fact i brought them up to talk about the team that they faced so i think that's a bigger slap in the face but mike davis big little mike <sighs> Man, he's a he's a wrecking ball. I don't I don't know how he does it, but he is one of those guys that I like. That you, you're not going to get him first tackle. You're not going to get him second tackle. Matter of fact, he may take two of your linebackers in a corner another two or three yards before you finally get him down. And that is something that is so needed in Carolina. And I'm going to be real with you. The Panthers have the pieces. If they continue to gel like they are right now, they have the pieces to come out of that NFC South in decent shape. 
I hate to say it, but it it's come on. Teddy Two Gloves is out there thinking that he is that guy, but he's doing it. I back to back weeks, he has juked somebody for no reason. And and if you don't know who Teddy Two Gloves is, it's Teddy Bridgewater. Like I if you hadn't put two and two together, he's gonna put two and two on his hand. Boom, gotcha, Teddy Two Gloves. Yeah, I don't know why he wears two gloves as a quarterback. I mean, a few do it, but you know, Teddy, I don't I don't know. But Teddy Two Gloves, that's that dude. Um, but yeah, Mike Davis just bullied during this entire game. I don't know if he just knew that like <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons were just uh very withered and injured, and he was like man fuck it i'm just gonna run through him because that's what he did um and then robbie anderson mr mr anderson that dude i i've been a fan of robbie anderson for quite some time and i was really hoping we we as the chiefs uh we're going to pick him up i would have really liked to see robbie anderson in the same system with with Andy Reid and having Pat Mahomes as his quarterback. Going to be completely real because, uh, one, Sammy Watkins' availability always bothers me. He It is a time of year every year where I know Sammy Watkins is going to be out for a couple weeks. Robbie Anderson does not pose that same issue to me. Um, and I... I like Robbie Anderson. He's nice. He's cold. And he went off eight touches, 112 yards. Like, come on. You got to think, if we got Robbie Anderson, Miko Harmon, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, you know, some guys you never heard of, like Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson. See, come on. I'm out here with y'all right now. Y'all just, y'all just not, y'all just not out here with me. Matter of fact, you know who else could use Robbie Anderson? The fucking Falcons. But Matt Ryan forgets that he has wide receivers, and that's why Calvin Ridley had a whole game with nothing. Jesus, Matt Ryan's terrible. Matter of fact, that'll probably be the most airtime that I give Atlanta is every other moment talking about how bad Matt Ryan is. He threw a pick in the end zone after he rushed them down the field. The entire, what are you doing? Anyways. Um, Fitz magic is back. If you guys haven't fucking noticed. Um, so I call Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde of the NFL. Because uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick does whatever he wants. Like if the team is tanking, he's going to do his best to win, but also, you're either going to get a game where he throws three picks and looks like he just doesn't give a fuck. And then all of a sudden you're going to have a game where he throws three touchdowns for 350 yards and goes 22 completions for 28 attempts. Why? I have no fucking idea, but that's why you have Fitz magic and Fitz tragic. That's just how that goes. And I, I I don't know if they space jammed the fucking uh, San Francisco 49ers and they just took all their fucking powers because uh, whether Jimmy G was that quarterback or not, they were not going to win that game. And benching Jimmy G, I don't think did anything. 
Um, I don't know if they were just trying to preserve him body-wise. Uh, just coming back from injury and the game was just too far out of reach. Like, I, I get he was not performing well, but still, like, it, it was just not good. Um, you barely, barely saw Mr. Kittle, uh, which that's their – the 49ers have fully – fully now encapsulated being in the Super Bowl hangover. Now, I don't want to say that the Chiefs will reach that same level. We've only lost one game, but they have fully encapsulated the Super Bowl hangover. You know, a quarter of their roster is hurt, including star, star players. Then it's just, oh God, it's not working out. When you get beat by bad teams very badly, it's different when the the Dolphins do that thing, you know, every other year where they would beat the Patriots and kind of screw them up in a division or a number one spot or something like that. It's different when they do that and it's like a win by three and it's like, oh, the Dolphins did it again. But when the Dolphins, when the Dolphins go 30, 30 to seven going into halftime, bro. And Fitzmagic was just dot, just dotting people up. Like fucking Madden with the sliders turned down. He's just dotting people up. Pow, pow. 17 yards, 23 yards, 48, 10, 10, 8, 40. Like, who the fuck? I, I don't know. Maybe they said, yo, uh, just to let you know, if you don't win this game, two will start next week. Like, I don't know if they hit him with that. And he was like, man, let me comb my beard and show these motherfuckers what's going on. It, it had to be that because he went. And just bawled the fuck out. This fits magic, man. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He's he's that guy. And you want to talk about <laughs> fucking Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Let's talk about a team that is like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That's the fucking Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns, what is you doing, baby? You You trying to be a real team? You trying to do it right now? Because it seems like they're trying to do it. I will say, they have help. Because what the Cleveland Browns didn't realize when they uh, played the Indianapolis Colts. They had another quarterback for their team. And (laughs) they just didn't know that Phillip Rivers had a Cleveland Browns jersey under his uh, Colts jersey. Colts fans were very mixed on getting Phillip Rivers. And that's only because they started hearing that they could have gotten Tom Brady. I think if Tom Brady was not on the market and they would have just gotten Phillip Rivers, they would have been all right with that. But from mm, most of us in the AFC West, we looked at the Colts and we're like, <laughs> all right. Because one, I don't know anyone that likes Phillip Rivers throwing motion. It's, it's just fucking ugly. It looks like he's throwing a... Uh, half cup of hot water but he doesn't want it to spill on him so he just fucking pushes that shit out of the way it's fuck it's terrible but also he is prone to throw a lot of interceptions and with that he is prone to throw a lot of games away that's just him and a lot of people especially Chargers fans were like no Philip Rupert's good we just couldn't protect him enough. Our O-line wasn't good enough. 
um, our weapons weren't good enough. Um, and that's why he threw a lot of interceptions because he was under a lot of, you know, pass rush. Now you see him behind the Colts O-line, which is a very, very good line. Like I would love to have Quentin Nelson. If Quentin Nelson was on the Chiefs, bro. And that's just one person from their O-line. But anyways, um, <laughs> Philip Rivers behind the Colts O-line and you see that <laughs> you see it makes no difference. It makes no difference at all. And and that's sad. That's sad. It's still Philip Rivers. It's always going to be Philip Rivers. Um, Browns, I'm going to be real. You're starting to become that team where I expect you to win games like these. When I see you look across from the Colts and I know that Philip Rivers is going to give you one to two extra possessions, your offensive weapons and your running game, now that Kareem Hunt is starting, I like Nick Chubb, but I know what Kareem Hunt can do as well. And Kareem Hunt also gives me availability in the fact that he doesn't really have a injury history. He still hits hard. He still cuts very well. He has good enough speed to make things happen. You know who Kareem Hunt is. Trust me, Chiefs fans still remember. OBJ is also the best Odell that we've seen. He's bought into this team. He's bought into this system. Other than, uh, you know, some bitches talking shit on the internet. And I mean, bitches with all respect. Because I'm going to be real, if you get on the internet just to talk shit about whoever, male, female, brother, sister, uncle, whatever it may be, if you get on the internet just to talk shit and run down a person, you a bitch. I'm just going to put that out there. But other than that kind of thing happening, bro, OBJ is here. Philip Rivers, still bum Philip Rivers that I've always said. The intentional grounding call that that turned it into a safety. Come on, you're like a 45 year vet. You you've been throwing the ball since Abe uh, Abe Lincoln. So uh, what is what's happening right now? So what we got in the chat going on right now? Let's see what we got going on. Okay, yep, bum ass Falcons. We already know what that is. Um, also, once again, I need to do another shout out before I get to that topic right there because my dude Cody. Just dropped a, a nice little little dime for us. But I do have to shout out for for a very good bit. And this is something that I I probably wouldn't be here without uh KCPN, the Kansas City Podcast Network, uh their founder, their head honcho. Uh, she is incredible. She's actually been in the chat. I'm going to call her Gat because come on. If, if that's not, that's not fire to you, you tripping. But Gat really helped me out with a, uh, a lot of this stuff, getting this stuff up and running, kind of giving me the motivation to go ahead and get this stuff running too. Um, and I, I really appreciate all of it. My audio playback will be exclusively on the Kansas City Podcast Network, uh, which you can find on YouTube. You can also follow them on Twitter. Uh, all of my stuff will be there. Uh, all of their stuff will be there. There's tons of creators that are doing the exact same thing that I'm doing right here, but it's all 
our stuff. So you're all going to hear it in different fashions. But like I said, Kansas City Podcast Network, my exclusive audio playback will be on there. Um, and and that's that. So let's let's dive into some of this chat stuff. So the Seahawks big comeback on Sunday. Look, if if there is any time where you know uh, teams or quarterbacks are going to seal their presence in being more than a regular season team, it's games like that. It's games like being down, being in those tight division games. And being able to come out with a dub, those are those are those games that people look at and they're like, oh, they're going to be able to do this in the playoffs. Oh, they're going to be able to do this in, you know, a potential Super Bowl-like, whether if it's a NFC, AFC conference game, you know, things like that. That was also one of those games where Russell Wilson can look a little closer at that MVP trophy. I am in firm belief that... Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Pat Mahomes may all be in the MVP race. Now, I know, Bill's Mafia. Oh, my God. Burn my house down. I didn't say Josh Allen. Well, chill out. I also need him to play real teams. Just like the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's something about the Bills that I'm I'm not, I'm not catching the traction on right now. I'm sorry. That's just how that is. And maybe it's because every time I see Josh Allen, I see him trying to do that pitch behind his back and, you know, during a playoff game. And uh, I don't know. There's just sometimes where you see an athlete do something, whether it's on the field, on the court, or lose a certain way. And you just can't quite take them with the same sincerity like you used to. And that's how I am with Josh Allen. Now, the Seahawks coming back had a lot to do with Russell Wilson being Russell Wilson, the team executing better than they did at the front of the game, but also Kirk Cousins being Kirk Cousins. Like, come on, we're we're not going to act like Kirk Cousins is that guy. <laughs> literally, literally in my notes, I have, we all know who Kirk Cousins is <laughs> because we do. We do. We're not going to act like it's 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 anything different. Especially in primetime. Like, he won that one primetime game last year, and everybody's like, well, Kirk Cousins broke, broke the stereotype that he doesn't win primetime. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> because he doesn't do it consistently. And they always say, when the lights come on, the stars come out. And damn it, I, nah, I don't see Kirk Cousins as, as a star. I know one thing, though, that Seattle Seattle Seahawks O-line, they need to take care of Russell Wilson. They need to make sure that averaging, what, three sacks a game? If that starts to tick up, that's going to be an issue. You don't want to see Russell Wilson with the added contact that he takes when he runs. Now, he is very smart and slides and gets out of bounds and stuff like that, but you want to see Russell Wilson? get hurt you want to see russell wilson get too tired uh going into the postseason where he he ain't doing all the superman shit for you anymore i would protect russell wilson i just would now seattle's defense y'all also need to get it together because 
I mean, granted, yeah, you stopped a fourth down, which led you to be able to, uh, you know, win the game. But other than that, teams pretty much march up and down the field on y'all. And I'm not going to let a fourth down stop. I'm not going to let a tip pass here or something like that sway me into thinking they are a better defense than they are because they're not. Not a very good defense. But given the time and Pete Carroll, because Pete Carroll's still that dude, he'll make it work. But I will say, Russell Wilson, immaculate two-minute drill, immaculate way to get it, get multiple shots into the end zone. Not just one, multiple shots. And then going for it, fourth and goal, making it happen. Like, come on. Like I said, those are one of those games where you can look at the MVP trophy a little bit closer because of games like that. Now, who wins tonight's game? Titans Bills. I'm going to be real with you. I think the Bills are going to run away with this game. Um, I, the Titans have, I feel like the Titans have been not playing football for what feels like a month now. I know it hasn't been a month, but it feels that way. And if it feels that way for me as a viewer, as a person that just watches film and take notes and, you know, do things like this, I know it feels like a long time for them. Um, I think with organizations that are out of sync, I think organizations that aren't managed well, um, they don't play well. And I think with this ongoing outbreak that has happened just in the Tennessee locker room, I think that has like that is very telling to me about how your team is handling this entire situation. You don't you have seen across the league that there has been no outbreak similar to what's happening in Tennessee. Uh, Vegas had a little one. Uh, The Patriots are dealing with a little one themselves, but also not that big. Um, The Kansas City Chiefs, we have had our practice squad quarterback and our strength and conditioning assistant coach. Like, Teams, yeah, they've had one or two pop up. Obviously, with this invisible enemy in COVID-19, we expect things like that to happen. The NFL did not expect to go on the rampage that the NPA did when they went into a bubble and was able to start playing and got out scot-free. They had a few they had to quarantine, but outside of that, scot-free. You gonna slam something else? I'm waiting on it. <laughs> but th- that's just not gonna happen because they were in a bubble. The NFL is not. So I believe with that, with that dysfunction, um, and I also believe that teams are just gonna play them a little harder due to the inconvenience that they have brought upon the league. If you have not seen the NFL's latest tweet of uh you know all of the schedule changes and things of that nature go and look at it it looks like you took the schedule and you put teams on a rubik's cube and flipped that some bitch around about 85 times and that was your new schedule the tennessee titans <laughs> made that happen and it's really shitty but teams are going to look at them differently because they're like look at all this bullshit you caused 
because you couldn't just do what everybody else is doing. And nothing's been confirmed or denied on what has happened to cause this, you know, outbreak. But <laughs> trust me, no one cares. They just know in the fact that they're trying to get through this season scot-free. They're trying to get through this season so that they can play the sport that they love, get paid, get to the playoffs, and get to the Super Bowl. And the fact that the hotels for the Super Bowl are reserved for an extra month lets you know that the NFL already knew that some things like this were going to happen. The NFL has already had at least a skeleton of a backup plan of, okay, if we're going to have to add extra weeks, if we're going to have to do maybe a playoff bubble or anything of that nature, we have the housing for it and the stadium for the entire month of the Super Bowl. So we can possibly get our playoff. We might, we might see, depending on how all of this goes in the next few weeks, we might see added weeks on the end or added games on the end. And we might see a, I don't want to say playoff bubble because now bubble has been resorted to what the NBA did. I don't think it's going to be like that. But we may see a one-location playoff tournament. I'm not mad at that. But I will be mad if it gets to a point to where the fans are now back. Because now there's no home field advantage during the playoffs. There's no, uh, you know, oh, you have to go into Arrowhead. Or you have to go into you know, the Superdome and New Orleans. Like those, those are very big and iconic places where if you go into go to them, it's an issue in the playoffs. And I think that is a, a weapon that has been it's been talked about a lot during uh this time, you know, as as weeks have gone on and as games have been played in different areas with no fans. Um that's that's a big thing to think about. But just know that the NFL does have the housing and the stadium for the Super Bowl for that entire month. So there is a plan on the back end if we do have to add weeks or if we do have to, you know, have a some kind of playoff bubble. So a few things that I wanted to hit on before I ultimately uh, head out for this episode. One big thing, LeBron James. LeBron Motherfucking James. Now, there are some people out there that know I am not the biggest fan of LeBron James. And I I love how any any person that says that, any person that says they're not a fan of LeBron James is immediately a LeBron hater. And you just ain't shit because you you can't let go of MJ and you can't no, please, please stop. One, I think when you have a athlete of a certain caliber, no matter what sport they play, they're always going to be compared to someone else that was in a similar cal uh, caliber. That always happens. That is nothing new. That is nothing uh, groundbreaking. And everyone should have known that that was going to be the same way with Jordan and Michael. People have not let this shit go. I don't care what happens. LeBron could win 
five more rings. He could win five more rings. And people are still going to fight if LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. It is going to continually happen. And I, I hate it, but I know that that's what's going to happen. LeBron could do anything that he wants. Like I said, he could win five rings. He could win three more rings. Whatever. Whatever it may be. And it's always going to be, he's not better than Michael Jordan. Or it's going to be, he's finally better than Michael Jordan. And then the Michael Jordan stands are going to be like, no, he's not. It's always going to be a debate. That's not why I don't like LeBron. I see LeBron as a superstar NBA player. The things that he does are superstar NBA player caliber. It's the hype around him. Like he is doing things that are unbelievable and unimaginable. And all of this is what baffles me in making the the motif of LeBron James ridiculous. Because the most... The most conversated thing about LeBron James is comparing him to Michael Jordan. Yet you speak of him like he is so untouchable. That makes no sense to me. Tony, what up? But that makes no sense to me. And because of the hype, and and I get it now. I, I Trust me, I totally get it now because I'm seeing this happen with Patrick Mahomes. You know, Pat Mahomes, one of the first athletes that they, uh, the topic right now, we're talking a little LeBron James talk. Of course, if you, if you don't know, uh, LeBron James won his newest NBA title in the NBA bubble playoffs. Um, he won his fourth ring, another MVP finals MVP. Um, LeBron, I mean, come on. We all watched, we all watched the series. As much as you wanted to root for the Heat, you you knew you couldn't. Like I rooted for the Heat because I watched Tyler Hero. Um, I watched Tyler Hero play basketball in college, and I was a you know a big Tyler Hero fan. I I, I mean, if you look at the players that I really like in the league, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, Steve Nash. Um, AI, um, Trey Young. A lot of them are are shooters. I'm I'm a fan of people that can shoot the ball. It's real life. Um, and with that being said, oh, we got a we got a little call in jumping in right now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, Tony, Tony, Tony. What we got going on, Tony? What's up? Yeah, hello. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Of course, of course. Tony, where are you calling from? I'm from India, basically. Oh, wow. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, what you what you want to call in and talk about? Well, you know, like, because, uh, you know, like, you know, we Indian don't have the English language native as a, so, you know, I'm here to learn English by talking to you because you are speaking very well. Oh, well, thank you very much. I've been told that uh, I speak very well, I deliver my words very well. I figured I just happened to fall into a good niche in doing the podcast game. Yeah. And where are you from? 
where am I from? I was yes. uh, actually born in Germany. Um, mm-hmm. I moved from Germany to the United States, stayed in the South for quite a good bit, uh, lived in Atlanta for some time. I now live in uh, Vir- the Virginia Beach area. Okay, okay. So you always change your destination all the time. That's good. Uh, yeah, I have family that's in the military. I have uh, my wife is also in the military, so we definitely move around a good bit. Okay, well, okay. I mean, uh, can you please uh, give me some tips? Like, how can I improve my English? Because you know, like, I just want to have some conversation with your guys. You know, because one of my mentors has, has just recommended me. Like, if you talk with the native speaker, it will really help you to learn your English and to reach to the next level. That's what I'm doing right now. Okay, well, I will say a, a few tips on doing that. Um, so I was a pro wrestler before getting into all of this. And a lot of things that I did was uh, listen to public public speaking uh, presentations and things. Uh, I used to, um, I love to read, but what really helped me uh, develop different understanding and words is listening to audiobooks because you get to hear how people present uh, different words as they're telling a story. And that also helps you create, you know, different inflections in your voices on how you want to be able to deliver things. So I definitely say like audiobooks, uh, audio presentations on YouTube or things like that. Um, and then find a creator that you really enjoy and just listen to them talk. Like if you really rock with me, hey, follow me on here. I'm going to be on here every Tuesday and Thursday. So you can definitely follow me on here and just get get the uh, feeling of how things go. Yes, I have already followed you. Awesome. Well, that sounds great, man. It is awesome to talk to you. I am going to jump back into the chat and then keep this conversation going. You can definitely keep talking in the chat. I appreciate you calling in, man. Uh, okay, 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 sir. So, so, and like before I go, and I just have a run a request to you. Can yeah. you please share your uh, like Facebook, IG, or Telegram, or whatever? You know, like. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll put I'll put uh, all of my social media in the chat for you, so you can go and follow all that up. Okay, I'm ready. Thank you all very right. much. Awesome, not a problem. Thanks for calling in, man. Okay. All right. So the guy Tony called in. Uh, I am going to uh, right before the show ends. I'm going to put in uh, all of my social, uh, so that way you guys can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, all that. Um, all that jazz. Matter of fact, I will go ahead and put get some. Actually, yeah, I'll do it at the end of the show, um, which will be in just a little bit. I expect it to only go about an hour to an hour and a half, but I know that this show is going to be a bit longer uh, because this is my first show. Want to get everything uh, talked about that everyone wants to talk about. All that jazz. So. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out, Tony, for the call in. And yo, anybody else, anybody else can jump in here and talk, especially if you feel that I've disrespected your team. We can definitely sit here and talk about it. Um, Oh, my God. Tony said that he waiting. So let me go ahead and and drop the um, social for the guy. Yeah, if anybody wants to call in. I will definitely connect you right now uh, as I am uh, getting all this social together. 
and I will plug you in as I'm rolling. Let me give you all some music while that's going on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got some music going on. Damn, it sounds like I'm about to go uh, hunt a fucking dragon right now. It's crazy. I'm about to go. I'm about to go on a damn Skyrim mission right now with this music. All right, my guy Tony. That's uh, that's my Twitter and my IG. Uh, just, just, just so you got that. From now on, now in the about section of the podcast, I'll have all my social media plus the uh, KCPN social media. So if you don't get to catch the show in time, you can go to the KCPN YouTube um, and also the KCPN app that is available on iOS. You'll be able to go and scoop the uh, playback on there as well. Um, by Thursday, I plan on uh, definitely talking about so much more and also talking about the games coming up on the weekend. Um, but before that, Colin, we were talking LeBron James, and I just wanted to reiterate, I like LeBron James as an athlete. I enjoy LeBron James for what he has brought to the game and what he has done. What I don't like is the motif around LeBron James. And it, it's just so, so overhyped and so overdone that I'm like, bro, there's all, there's always going to be an elite caliber player. I am never going to be in a situation where I don't give that player his roses as they, as they deserve them. That's just real. But what I'm not going to do is all of a sudden belittle every single player around them like they ain't shit. I'm going to be real. I'm not a huge fan of AD either. Because to me, one big thing of being a superstar, this also goes to LeBron for a little bit, but not so much, is availability. And I am hard on this about football players. If you are not available for me, I, I, I'm i sorry. I, I'm just not there for you. I had this same problem, and we'll we'll skim past last night's game a little bit. I had the same problem uh, with Keenan Allen from the Chargers. As everyone knows, Charter Saints played last night. Uh, Justin Herbert showed that he's he's going to be a guy for a while. He's going to be a dude. Justin Herbert can throw the ball. It, it actually makes me very, very intrigued in how the AFC West is going to shake up, and I'm excited for it. What day is it? 
in our country. Uh, it is Tuesday, uh, and I will be, as my guy Charlie, as he said, I will be doing podcasts every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and that's that's that'll be the schedule. Um, like I said, if you can't catch me live, then you can go to the KCPN YouTube channel or the KCPN app if you have iOS. Um, and my audio playback will be on there. Uh, sooner or later, this will evolve. And of course, I will have video and video audio and all that kind of stuff. But as of right now, this is this is where we are. Uh, but like I was saying, Justin Herbert showed that he's going to be that guy for the Chargers. And as they start to bolster their offensive line and know that he's worth a damn so they can actually protect him, he's going to be good. He's going to be very good. Three touchdowns in the first half. Kept him in the game the entire time. Like, Herbs is that dude. Herbs is that guy. Now, this is the issue that I have about this game. Am I too early in buying in the fact that the New Orleans Saints are not real? Are, are they real? Hey, Tony, I appreciate you. I'll see you on Thursday. Like I said, if you followed me on here, you'll get the notification the second that I go live. So you are good to go on that end. I really appreciate you calling. I really appreciate you being a part of the show. But am I too early on being out on the New Orleans Saints? Because I'm going to be real. I was out after week two. It just didn't look the same to me. I have Saints fans that are real worried right now. They're seeing what people have been talking about the past year or so. Drew Brees just not throwing the ball the same. And is Jameis Winston going to be the guy that takes over after a few weeks and gives Drew Brees, you know, four or five week break, and then he can come in like he did last year and, you know, quote unquote, lie it back up. Is he going to be that guy? I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. Drew Brees due to Twitter is fucking done. Drew Brees, according to Twitter, needs to get the fuck up off the field right now. But that's that's Twitter. Um, when I and I agree with you, when I saw them play, when I saw them play the Las Vegas Raiders, I I started looking at them a little different. I really did, but I'm going to be real. The first, the first thought that made me really think differently about them is when they played Tampa Bay, that was week one and it was Tampa Bay versus the saints. I'm, I thought, and I've preached this all off season, that continuity is so important in the NFL this year, because if you have a team that has retained players you have teams that are in the same system you have retained coaches you have retained your front office you have no major changes going on with your team you have the best chance to succeed due to it being no offseason no tas no preseason so i'm thinking saints are in that top five of having the best continuity for returning to the playoffs and making a decent run they played Next to 
the Buccaneers in one of the most undisciplined like football games. There's flags everywhere from both of them. So to me, it was very off-putting to see the Saints play that way. And of course, uh, you know, the commentary team will cover it up and be like, oh, you know, there's been no preseason, blah, 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 this and that. But you see that there are teams that have very good continuity, that have the same, you know, infrastructure, that have played very clean football. So I'm not buying that. That was that was my first little subtle look of like, mm, I don't think the Saints are the Saints. And now, after five weeks, I can fully confirm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not in on the Saints. I'm not. I, I, I just I can't buy into them. And it sucks because I got some cool people that are Saints fans and I, they ride or die for them and I see their excitement and I'm just like, mm, 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 no. They went into overtime with Justin Herbert. So did we. So did we. But they went overtime with Justin Herbert and didn't, didn't just shut him down. And Drew Brees never had that moment. And when Drew Brees was having drives and making things happen, what did they do? <laughs> Put Taysom Hill in the game. Make him run some motherfucking reverse option. Halfback dive. All right. It's on Sunday. What the fuck? If, if Drew Brees has the momentum and he's marching down the field, why the fuck are you putting Taysom Hill in? I get it. Taysom Hill throws the defense off balance. But you have the offense off balance. You have the defense off balance. You, you, you're making a drive. You're marching down the field. And, you, and, and you're rolling. Fuck it. Put, put Taysom Hill at wide out and, and put him back at quarterback and then move him over at tight end and then fucking run a screen pass to him. What? In the hell is the fascination with Taysom Hill? I get it. He's an ultra athlete. He can play at any position on the ball. And to me, that the most underrated thing about that is not just his athleticism, but his football IQ. He could be anywhere on the field, and he generally does not cause mistakes. He has a very decent arm. He's got some wheels, but when you have the momentum, don't switch with what you got going on. That's like if every team, right when they got a 10-point lead, they were like, fuck it, put the backup in. Why? I don't get it. I don't get it. Taysom Hill is great as a utility player, but until you are going to dedicate to make him the backup quarterback, because you know, you know who everyone looks at as the backup quarterback? Fucking Jameis Winston. That's that's who everybody sees him as. So, with that being said, no, I didn't talk about Cincy Baltimore because the Ravens should win that game. It, just stop. I, I'm not. I'm not here for that. Uh, Cowboys Giants. The only thing that needs to talk about is just T's and P's to Dak Prescott. Um, four to six months uh, for recovery. The surgery went well. Everything is good. Um, it's going to be taxing to get there, but he will get there. And I'm, I know that Dak is going to be better. Um, I really hate that the Cowboys did not take care of him beforehand. As much as everyone loves, that's not a Cowboys fan. They love to talk shit about the Cowboys. It is really shitty that Jerry Jones 
and everyone in that organization pretended to be, and I'm going to say pretended, pretended to give a fuck about Dak Prescott when he has been trying to get his money this entire time, has not played bad ball, has always been great for your organization. You have not taken care of this man, and now you want to put sympathy in the wind when you see in front of your eyes that his ankle is pointing in a different direction than his face is. That's shitty. That's shitty. I, I, I don't understand teams that just aren't, aren't willing to pay people. And I'm going to be real. The Chiefs have taught me this offseason that if you don't want to pay someone, it's because you don't want them there. Because, motherfucker, we paid everybody. Everybody. Motherfucking everybody. I did not think, I did not think after paying Pat Mahomes half a billion dollars that we won't give anybody else a cent. And I looked at that contract structure up and down like, this is great and all that, but shit, we're not going to pay nobody else. And then we paid Chris Jones. Damn, we damn sure ain't going to pay nobody. Before that, we paid Travis Kelsey. We had already paid Tyreek Hill. Tyron Matthew paid. Frank Clark paid. I'm like, how the fuck did they do this? But they did. The Chiefs taught me if you don't want that person, (laughs) you're just not going to pay him. And the Cowboys really gave that sign to Dak Prescott. After working with multiple coaches, multiple offensive coordinators. Come on. Come on, Dallas. You're Dallas, you are you are a joke if you're telling me you are feeling ultra sympathetic to Dak Prescott and saying that he is our future. That was a quote from Jerry Jones. Dak Prescott is our future. How dare you say that when you weren't treating him that way before? And I am a notorious person to shut down any loud Cowboys fan around me. But to see that happen blew my mind. Because now, guess what? He is hurt and he is out for the year without the security that he was looking for. Crazy thought. Crazy, crazy fucking thought. Favorite Chinese food slash dish. Boy, I fuck up some sesame chicken. <laughs> um no nah, no cap uh that's that's probably that's probably my go-to uh i really i really fuck with the uh sesame chicken the uh you know all all of the pretty much americanized chinese food mandarin chicken uh beef and broccoli uh like some shrimp lo mein shrimp lo mein be fire uh you know what's crazy is that uh a family friend of the wife's, uh, we had to live with her for about a week or so as we were looking for an apartment here in uh, Virginia. And she is, oh man, I want to say she is Japanese. It's going to be so shitty if she's not. Uh, Or she's Korean. I I believe she's Korean. I am almost 90% sure she is Korean. Uh, but super nice lady, very stern, very cut and dry. 
but very nice lady. And she took us to a lot of restaurants that she goes to. And none of them were uh, close to fast food or anything like that. Like it was all like in the corner type, mom and pop type, like Korean, Chinese, Japanese, you know, sushi places, stuff like that. I've had some some Chinese and Japanese food I never thought fucking existed. Shit was fire. I just don't know the name of it. <laughs> I matter of fact, I couldn't even tell you the name of the place because like most of the fucking like uh billboards and shit for it weren't fully lit up and all that. Like I don't I don't know what the hell that was about. But it's some fire ass places. Damn sure some fire ass places. Uh but with all that being said, and with everyone that has come in, whether if it was in the chat, whether if it was uh, via call-in, um, I do have to send a few thanks to some people. And I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to end off this show. One, I want to send a big thanks out to my people at the uh the new normal podcast and the new normal podcast is hosted by my dude maxwell aka stackswell and andrew uh they shouted me out on their podcast aka like i just said the new normal podcast uh they shouted me out earlier this week i'm gonna be posting that video uh very soon um and it's two guys that i've i've used to work with i worked with andrew for just a little bit uh, but I, I worked with Maxwell. He's dope as hell. Everybody go and look and go and follow on your social media for the new normal podcast. Uh, they do the exact same thing that I do right here. We talk sports, we talk bullshit. We talk all that. We're real cut straight up to the point. Like I, like I said, at, at any time, this podcast is going to be like, you know, me and whoever you are sitting at the bar with some drinks and we're just going to shoot the shit. I have no reason to be any other, you know, any other person but that. Um, and and that's the plan. Uh, so shout out to the people at the New Normal Podcast. Also, shout out to KCPN. Uh, shout out Gat. Gat's been great. Gat has been uh, very instrumental in this entire thing. And I can do nothing but appreciate it. Um, also shout out to total sports, Kansas city. Um, they, they are incredible. Like I said earlier in, um, in my read earlier, I have a Damian Wilson signed autograph Jersey. I have a Tyree kill signed uh, Jersey. They, they are incredible. And as of right now, which is just broke about 20 minutes ago. Um, Total Sports Kansas City is announcing that Dustin Colquitt will be part of the next autograph signing. So not only did they just add Dante Hall and Dwayne Bow, which my Dante Hall jersey is on the way thanks to Total Sports Kansas City, but also Dustin Colquitt, long, long, long time punter for Kansas City, um, will be be a part of the next signing, which that's dope. I'm going to, you know, try to talk, talk and get a football or something like that. I think that'd be dope. But with all that being said, 
<coughs> excuse me uh, with all that being said shout out to everyone that's been in the chat everyone that has called in everyone that has followed everyone that shared uh, i appreciate you so much i will be back on here thursday 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 october 15th um to run this all over again we're going to talk more sports we're going to talk why uh people are going to hate me for my views on lebron we're also going to more than likely have our first real guest um and we'll we'll have a chit chat with them during this time uh because my plan is to have a featured guest for each fandom of every team possible that is my goal so uh follow me on twitter at official a armor you can follow me on twitter there you can also follow me on instagram at lift k rob lift um and then you can also follow me on here which i think is going to be the most important because it gives you the notifications um the moment that i go live so follow me here on Podbean and then also go follow the KCP in YouTube for all of the updates and my exclusive audio playback when you can't listen live. My name is Kingston Robinson and thank you for listening to the debut episode of The Voice of Fandom Podcast. I appreciate you. I'm out of this bitch. I'll see you on Thursday. a degree in community college and want to take the next step to a four-year degree, or you're not satisfied with the college you're currently attending, we want to see you at College of St. Mary in Omaha. We make it easy to transfer your credits and have financial aid and scholarships available. Plus, we cover the costs of your textbooks for the first semester. Get the support you need to finish your degree faster. Make the transfer to College of St. Mary. Apply today at csm.edu. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.